Rock the Ripple. Rock the Ripple. The Rock the Ripple Podcast with Narita McInnes. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rock the Ripple podcast. I'm your host, Narita McInnes. It is so awesome to be here with you as always. And today is another very exciting day because I have a very special guest on the show. He is a freedom activist, a public speaker, a content creator of natural law and morality, a father, and so, so much more. He is an all-round awesome human. He is the one and only Will Keller. Will, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Oh, it is so cool to connect with you. I actually, um, I came across you a little while ago and it was through the first Sky to Earth conference um, with Madeline and Dale and I just heard you speak and I was just, gosh, this guy's awesome. So, um, and now we're here connecting. So for people who might not know you or haven't come across you before, can you give us the uh, the rundown? Who is Will Keller? Excellent. Yeah, no, sure thing. Um, I, I'm a guy. I'm a guy that loves nature. Uh, I love discovering um, just insight on how reality operates. And then th these are attributes that I've had since I was a young kid. I was raised on a ranch. Um, so very close to nature my whole childhood. And um, there was a, a mystery and a magical essence of nature that I took with me into adulthood and um, got into the music industry um, in my 20s and early 30s. And now I'm well into my 40s. And um, I've probably been on a 10-year uh, journey of self-discovery um, for myself um, and then branching out into different facets of knowledge and wisdom and applying that. And, you know, really getting a grasp on what's going on in today's world, the current human condition. And uh, I pretty much jumped it off by entering into occultism about 10 years ago. I consider that the jump off of my journey of higher awareness and then coming across some great minds that uh, that added to uh, just what's going on in the world. So applying that to myself for self-improvement and wanting to take action and make a difference in today's age with everything that's going on. So mm. that's who I am. And, I, and I'm a father. So mm. of course, spending time with my daughter is, is on the, the top tier of my time and attention. So I love doing that. Love watching her grow, seeing the correspondences between um, her and myself, right? There's nothing better than seeing a little mini me and seeing her develop into her own creative expression. So mm. How old is she? How old is she? She's 10 years old. Oh, wow. That's good. Yep. Her, her name's Violet after my grandma. Mm -hmm. And um, and she's she's fun. I, I call her my little sidekick. So we do a lot of stuff together. She's, she's been with me on public speaking engagements. Um, really? She likes to draw me when I'm on stage. It's, it's hilarious. And then she adds little bubble um, comments around the pictures and stuff. And then she'll give them give the pictures to people. So she's She's something else. She always blows my mind. Wow, that is so cute. I love that. I love that. I could just imagine just a mini wheel <laughs> just running oh, yeah. around. Yeah. Telling talking to people saying, Have you thought of this? <laughs> yeah, she's she's very, very deep for her age. She's kind of always had this really grounding effect of just knowing who she is. Um, you know, probably homeschooling and having a really good connection with her parents uh, and grandparents and family members. Um, she's not seeking validation of, you know, cultural um, 
ideologies. She's very much grounded within herself. And I've learned a great deal about myself uh, through her. So it's definitely a blessing. Mm. Children can be our biggest teachers. And I know too that you um, you said you had that sort of turning point into occultism around 10 years ago and your daughter's also 10. Do you think that was sort of a bit of a springboard or is that more of a coincidence or had you already looked into stuff before that as well and it just was that turning point? I've always been into mythology and esoteric information, even when I was very young, yeah. um, even playing video games. I was into fantasy and mythological games themselves. There was something about that genre of information that was extremely attractive to me. Um, but when 10 years ago, um, the reason why I got into occultism is I was in a very dark period of my life and I wanted to know what made me tick so i wanted to learn more about my psychology and how i function and operated so i was looking for that self-knowledge and ultimately that led me you know from consciousness into the mystery traditions of occultism so mm -hmm. a, a variety of them hermeticism uh rosicrucianism uh freemasonry thelema so all these mystery traditions and i started seeing some correspondences between them all they all have different variations of techniques and practice, uh, but they have similarities in the laws of nature. And that was where I really honed in my focus. And it wasn't until I uh, discovered the work of Mark Passio, where he takes these, this body of information and he aggregates it and synthesizes it into a very palatable sense and then applies it to the world. And that was mind blowing. That was the big aha moment of taking this information and what does it mean? You know, hundreds of years of knowledge, but what does it mean for today of what's going on in the current, the current age and the current time? Mm. So that was a huge, huge light bulb moment. Um, and then, you know, once you have a correct diagnosis of what is going on, what is actually going on, then the, of course, the moral obligation to take action um, weighs heavy on on oneself. So it's good, you know, like yourself, you're taking action, spreading the information of freedom. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's very important. So yeah, it absolutely is. And I um, and Mark Passio, too, I remember, years and years ago, I was listening to a video somewhere. And I remember him speaking. And for some reason, I did, I forgot his name later. And it wasn't till I saw him again later. And I was just like, I need, I knew then I needed to hear that guy again, because he was making sense, but it sort of blew my mind at the time. Uh, and then, you know, obviously, uh, hearing him speak and so many others along the way, it just, um, it really opens your eyes and it gives you that perspective shift. And it's not, it's not like it's, it's a remembering of what you already no, isn't it? It's a coming back to what absolutely. you already know. Mm. Well said. Absolutely. I, I say that often. It's not about learning something new, right? There's nothing new under the sun. This information has always been here. It's about discovering and remembering it and then aligning our, our perception and our actions to nature, right? So it's a, it's a remembrance and to reunite. Right. And that that to me is is where the, the crux of 
of kind of where people need to go and start to consider. I love meeting new people that are discovering or have discovered natural law, the laws of nature. Uh, that's why I was really blown away to uh, to meet Madeline and uh, and see the Sky to Earth conferences and see this huge group of people on the other side of the planet that are into natural law and taking action. It's uh, it, it warms my heart and I live for that kind of stuff. So mm. it's great. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what about for someone who may be just hearing the term natural law or um, uh, coming across it for the first time, or maybe, you know, know a little bit about it or universal law, how would you present that to them in a simple, because one thing that you're bloody good at, and that is just simplifying sometimes what can be <laughs> so complicated and, and big picture. Um, so for someone who's sort of, yeah, coming into it going, okay, can tell me more about natural law. How do I align with that as well? What does that mean? Mm, excellent. Great question. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple prerequisite. Well, first let's, let's talk about the definition, right? I like to define words. Uh, words have definitions for a reason, right? Their original vibration, um, and this is kind of a big, uh, a big psychological psyop that's going on in the world today. That words are relative and they don't have meaning, and it's whatever we say it is. But as soon as we get into that that realm of relativism, then communication goes out the window. So, like you said, I love to simplify the profound. So let's define our terms. So we have natural law. The word nature is Kamishan, ancient Egyptian, right? It's spelled N-T-R. It's pronounced nature. It means creation. That's what it means. Creator, creation, that's the actual definition. So natural um, is of, from, or related to creation. So a lot of people go, okay, yeah, I, I get that for sure. Then we get into law. The correct definition of law means that it is an unchanging, immutable, and binding condition or dynamic. So this is the correct term of law. So we put them together. We have the laws of creation, right? The laws of nature. So they're non-man-made, immutable, universal, binding to all, all human beings. These are the governing dynamics of reality. This is what it is. So... Um, but the, the framework that needs to be understood before that is reality itself. And there's definitely a big push. You can see this in the new age communities about reality is relative, right? It's based on perception that there is no such thing as objective reality. So this is the framework that needs to kind of be dis discussed, right? So we're getting in the philosophical area, which is important, right? We have philosophy for the love of wisdom this knowledge is fundamental so when we think about reality reality absolutely 100 percent is objective meaning there's one reality we are co-creators we are we're sharing this this experience together in this reality our perception is the lens by which we view the world how in individuals interpret interpret the information of their experience so this is really important. Um, when you have relative reality, it's very dangerous. It's an extremely dangerous ideology because if you have, uh, if you have, if we're all individually creating our own realities based on our perception, well, then you have no truth. You have no right or wrong. 
people can make up whatever they want. They can believe whatever they want. They can act however they want. So there's no right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And also there's no lying. There's no harm. So you see where this goes, right? It's, it's, it goes very deep, but yet it's simple. Mm -hmm. So, but with objective reality, and a lot of people can relate to this. Most people are raised, uh, doesn't matter if it's public schooling or homeschooling, people understand the physical laws of the natural world. Don't drive your car off the cliff. Don't jump off the cliff. Don't touch a hot stove. You know, so we have gravitation, thermodynamics, motion. We have all these physical laws that most people understand, but yet there are first principles. There are laws that supersede the physical laws because as a lot of people know and i'm sure you'll agree that this physical reality <clears throat> is really just energy and consciousness mm. right this is a a manifested reality the density is is way more dense so getting into the metaphysical realm is extremely important so when we're talking about natural law we're talking about the metaphysical laws the energetic based in consciousness why is this important for humans <clears throat> because ultimately natural law is like a mirror. So it's cause and effect. Ultimately, there's more to it. So if human beings don't understand the governing dynamics or laws of reality, then we don't know how to correctly operate in reality. So <clears throat> our current human condition, one of tyranny, control, slavery, duress, coercion, right? This is all happening for a reason. And it's because there's a lack of knowledge of understanding how to correctly operate in reality. So this is why natural law is so important. It gives us, it gives us the condition, the manifested condition from the energy and the state of mind that human beings are in. And this, this works in an aggregated sense, right? When you think of what I'm describing is actual karma, mm. right? So karma is not instantaneous right i do something bad i steal someone's property and then i get hit by a car right away that's not how it works there's there is individual karma but it's it's throughout a lifetime of buildup of energy but on the aggregated sense now we're talking about a huge species the karma absolutely it it manifests in the collective itself so as the as the majority of individuals operate in reality incorrectly, meaning immorally, they're taking the wrong actions due to incorrect thought, then we are going to get a condition of control, duress, slavery. So all, everything that I just talked about is, is the crux, is the heart of the matter of what occultism is. Mm. Occultism is just simply hidden knowledge, but what is that knowledge? It's the knowledge of how reality operates, natural law, and how human psychology operates, which is also natural law. Mm. So it, it's such a it's such a big category, yet we can we can fine tune it to the fundamental basics of you know thought and behavior. Mm. So as we think, so we feel and so we act. So due to incorrect thoughts, we're gonna have incorrect behavior. And this is where you know perception is powerful yet dangerous, right? So, we, I mean, we have beliefs. What is a belief? A belief is just a, a dogmatic um, thought function that's not really based in, in factual information or based in truth. If it was, it would be a knowing. We would know something. 
but belief is you have to believe in it because it's dogmatic. So yet, you know, believing or knowing something, that information affects judgment and behavior. So this is why this, this body of information is so valuable and so important. And when we think about what's going on in the world, right, we need to get down to the causal factor, the root of the problem, the biggest and most important question, which is why? Why is this going on in the world? Why is this happening? And it's because there is incorrect information that's being propagated and people are holding on to incorrect information and thus it dictates their behavior. So they're taking immoral actions. They're supporting and condoning government and all these immoral institutions. Mm, yeah. And that would come back to ignorance and not in a, you're an ignoramus, but it's just not knowing that's what it means. Doesn't it? You just, you or you're ignoring or um, yeah. Speak exactly. to that a bit more. Cause you know, you, you know, you're across that. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Let's talk about um, this will tie in with it. The, uh, the three prerequisites of wisdom, mm. right? So, ignorance is the absence of truth and when we talk about truth it's not about oh my truth her truth your truth there is just the truth the truth is simply that which is so that which has manifested or that which is manifesting so when we talk about the truth the truth is natural law because it is the cause so Ignorance is the absence of truth. So yes, we can come to know the truth of reality. We can come to know the truth of what is going on in reality, right? The current human condition. So the, the next prerequisite is knowledge. Knowledge is the ac accumulation of truth. So we are gathering all the information that is based in truth. It is correct. That's what correct means. It's based in truth. Mm. So we're gathering all that, that, um, that information and that knowledge. And, you know, just because somebody knows something <clears throat> doesn't mean they understand it. So understanding is gathering correct information, correct knowledge, right? And then that is, and then taking that knowledge and applying it to oneself. So wisdom is the application of truth. Mm. So it's knowledge applied. So it's not wisdom isn't it's not what you say it's what you know that's the mm. the, the good old-fashioned quote <clears throat> so ignorance is the ultimate sin and i mean that as <clears throat> excuse me sin as in um opposition to nature this is what sin is not like the cultural christian sin mm. um so ignorance is the 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 primal fallacy so the majority of people need to highly consider where they get their information from and in an age of deceit and lies and manipulation the majority of people get their information from the mainstream news um social media all different types of of outlets but yet they're they're missing that fundamental um foundation of natural law of self of nature and reality. <clears throat> so their discernment and their judgment is, is off. They're not able to, um, uh, to uh, di discern lies from truth. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important. And I think as well, like when we start looking into this sort of stuff, like it is an unraveling, it is a, like we said at the start, it's like a, it's lifting off the layers and taking off the the goggles and um, seeing things for what they truly are. And sometimes it can be confronting for people to, to really see that actually this whole world's been a little bit upside down and uh, what we've learned isn't quite true. And like you said as well, occult simply means hidden knowledge. So occult isn't bad. It's just, it's hidden. So when we bring that to the forefront, then the more of us that understand or know what natural law is, then we're shifting consciousness. We're um, rippling out that um, knowing on such a bigger scale. And that to me is how we we change the world as lo- and, and obviously um, first and foremost doing the work within as well and I think you speak a lot about that too I think that's so key and vital to wanting to see us bring about change as well would you would you say that too oh yeah 100 percent. the change must start within the individual in the mind all change must occur in the mind Right. And this is a big, this is the first principle, the first law of natural law is mentalism, mm. meaning that the, the all is mind. The universe is mental, just as the individual that's on the macrocosm, right? Uh, in in the, the microcosm, the individual mind is prime, is first. So it has to change in the mind first. Our internal ecology is vital. And um, just just as you know the knowledge of of food right and water is a part of objective reality like water is a part of objective reality every human being obviously is 75 percent water we need water to survive it doesn't matter if someone doesn't believe in that um, it, it's a fact it is truth mm-hmm. so um, our our internal uh, internal ecology, meaning our internal environment, our state of mind, our emotional stability, and our actions. This these are this is the the threefold aspect of the very essence of a human being. This is what separates us from the animal kingdom: is that we do have higher order thought functions. Unfortunately, the majority of people don't have that higher order thinking activated. Mm. So. You know, a lot of these topics seem very woo uh, to the average person. So this is kind of part of my technique of trying to simplify this this deep information because the truth of the matter is this knowledge of occultism, it's it's a double-edged sword, right? You you can use it for higher awareness, higher consciousness, freedom, uh, morality, or one can use it for egoic purposes and for control and manipulation so the 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 knowledge itself is neutral it it all depends on what one's going to do with that knowledge and this is where we're at in the world is that the behind the veil the social engineers that are pulling the strings of society controlling and manipulating they know this information extremely well and you know all the distractions and the psychological operations this is all to distract us from really ourselves and putting in that work to discover natural law because natural law in reality and within ourselves it's one in the same it's tethered it's tied together right cause and effect so it's 
it's very important that we get down to the fundamental, which even the word fundamental means, you know, the first level, mm. the, the first mind, the first layer of mind. These are first principles. So, yeah, no, it's it's extremely, extremely important. And it's mm. quite the task to try to educate people, which really I, I'd like to I like to use the term inspire, because unfortunately, we can't do the work for other people. No, everyone needs to to begin this journey of self-discovery and self-actualization. Um, so we as content creators, what, what we can do is understand this information for ourselves and activate and inspire others to look within, look mm. within themselves and change their mind. Mm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think... Um, for some people that is a hard thing to do because it it is um it's so far out and i mean not only looking at the stuff in the world but looking at the parts within that we don't always want to look at because that is mm. tough stuff it's looking at our trauma it's looking at the bits that we don't like about ourselves the not so sexy stuff and then you know of course like you said as well that um having this knowledge then having it is using it uh, you can use it one way or another. You can use it many different ways, but it's like any tool. You can use a pen and you can write the world's best novel or you can use it to stick it in someone's leg, you know, like mm -hmm. it really is um, a tool and we get to choose how to use it and how um, we'll show up. And obviously for the people like you and I and who we connect with, we want to make a difference and we want to do that, but we do. We have to start uh, within. So, Absolutely. Yeah. This is, this is the, the ultimate solution, right? I mean, there's a mm. lot of people that talk about, oh, cryptocurrency is going to save us. Um, we just need to just branch off and, and create our own communities and just ignore government institutions and all this kind of stuff. There's only one solution, and that solution is understanding the fundamentals, the most important information, which is natural law. And as the as more people understand this information and align their actions with morality, objective morality, and, and take action, now we start to see the tide turn applying cause and effect, right? We start seeing an immoral society start to switch to a moral society. And we will see the the effects of that. And that will be entering into a more free society slavery and control will start to eliminate but yes like you said it takes courage it it takes courage it takes vigilance and persistence and looking at the dark aspects of oneself it's epigenetically ingrained in our dna through generations and generations of trauma mm -hmm. and it's extremely difficult for people to look at themselves literally in the mirror and ask them you know why do i believe what i believe why do i hold these beliefs uh these beliefs and it it's brutal it is brutal i think um and this is part of my message too i i like to go to all different types of alternative media and explain that there is a core solution there's a prerequisite that must be met for any change to occur and that is that is knowing um objective morality natural rights and natural law because from there in every facet of society this applies right it's like we're not going to have a 
financially free market if people don't understand right or wrong. We're not going to have a an ethical agricultural um, market um, or category if people don't know right or wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's you know organization and cooperation and organizing these systems that are harmonious with nature and that align. Uh, with the principles of, of freedom and morality is a must. And that's mm-hmm. why it is called first principle, friends, uh, first principles, right? Mm-hmm. First things first. It's the foundation. Without that fanda- foundation, you know, the house that we build is just going to crumble down. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I often say that it's the foundation is key. It is key for anything that we're doing but yeah to understand that and really know it and also allow yourself to be okay with not knowing everything and um, Mm. be open to learning like I think that can be um, just so empowering in itself like when we start to look at what's going on and within and without like we can we really can be humbled I think because we just go far out man I don't know jack shit about a lot of stuff you know um Mm. and I think when you're open to going okay what else can I learn here um show me uh what I can learn you know let let the wisdom come on in and when you open that door um you know you might see things that you don't want to see but you also see things that are you become more empowered because you know yourself more and you realize how freaking powerful you are as well as a being and a creator. Mm. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, I, this is something that I've learned with my daughters, you know, kids go through the why stage, yeah. right? It's like usually like around, you know, three, four five years old, six, and they start asking you, you know, why this dad, why this, why that, why that? And it's such a great opportunity um, to literally tell your kids, well, I don't know why that is. Let's go, let's go find out. And, you know, you're stimulating critical thinking because you're just, you're activating that, that archetype of the seeker where you want to learn and this is extremely important for for just human beings in general. I mean, this is what we're here to do. This is a, you know, the universe is a university. We are here to evolve and grow. And evolution is based in freedom, right? Freedom and evol- evolution are the same thing. If we don't have freedom, we're not evolving. So if we have slavery and control, we are devolving, which means we are, you know, we're stagnant. And this is kind of, this is the case now. Now, yeah, there, there are people that are, have gained a greater awareness, especially over the last three years um, with some of these major events and in the current major events as well. So there's a lot of people that are seeking information. This is where the context of that information is, is vital, is important. Right. If we're talking about the effects and, oh, well, this is what's going on in this event. And these are the theories and the alternative um, suggestions. We're not getting down to the cause of why this is going on and how do we create change? So absolutely. Learning is is where it needs to be. We need to seek the truth first and then apply it to ourselves and then speak the truth. Mm. So. um and I, I get asked a lot of questions and, you know, no, no questions off limits for me. And I don't have a problem with saying, I don't know. Mm. So and I think that's something that a lot of people can kind of learn from is, you know, we don't have to have all the answers. That's not the point. Mm. Um, but we can have um, correct answers. It doesn't mm. have to be all of them, but we can have the correct ones. Mm. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that so much. I mean, and how can we know everything anyway? Let's be honest. It, we live in an infinite reality. Like how, how will we know everything? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, nature is the ultimate mentor. Um, mm. I, all the secrets um, to knowledge, to evolve, um, to be, to build a, a, you know, a fantastic society uh, that is evolving, um, even technological, right? Mm -hmm. We can do this by, by understanding nature herself. Mm -hmm. All the answers are there. Um, and so she's the ultimate mentor. And, you know, that's something that we can inspire to. I mean, we're talking about nature's perfect order. When mm -hmm. I say nature, I'm referring to natural law. It's one and the same in, in my book. Mm -hmm. It's a system. It's a self-organizing. It's a perfect system that operates. And what this means for human beings is that it manifests the reality that we are mentally constructing through our actions, right? This is kind of what a lot of people need to understand is that this is how manifestation works. It's based upon actions, right? Because this is what an action is, an act ion. Act is to perform and ion is energy. So we are performing the energy, right? So this, this energy, it influences the environment and has an effect. Now, of course, our actions are based upon our thoughts, mm -hmm. right? Our thoughts, then our emotions, and then our actions. So we can look at the, the emotions as a, as a compass, energy in motion. This is what, this is what emotion is. It's a, a compass to guide us um to kind of regulate uh the direction that we are going uh mentally and it, it's a powerful tool um so i love it I, I love diving into you know the secrets of nature so that's my point is nature is the mentor yeah yeah nature absolutely is a mentor and i and i love that too and, and with the work that i do I help people uh, to reprogram their subconscious mind, which really the crux of it is we're changing the patterns that were there because like you said, it's our thoughts that then create our action. And if we're having thoughts that aren't in alignment with our highest potential and our and the frequency of what we want to admit, uh, admit then you know when we're not going to be able to create what it is we want to create. So it starts mm -hmm. there as well. And when we tune into nature and natural law as well, like it's just, I mean, we, we, I mean, I said it, say it so many times, we are so freaking powerful. We are so Absolutely. freaking powerful. So when we align with truth and when we align with what it is that we truly want to create, well, that, that is where the magic happens, isn't it? Yes. 100%. Mm. And, and this is another reason for, you know, all the distractions. Mm. Um, they, they need these distracting distractions. This is why it's speeding up and they're, they're kind of hitting really hard with a lot of distractions over many, many years. I mean, I think the jump off was, you know, nine 11, what was a huge ritual that kind of was them coming out and saying, okay, this is the new transition, the new time period of the new control system. Um, and they they need these distractions because they understand that human beings we are we are you know a lowercase c creator we have that ability to create uh they don't have that they're not activated in that higher level of uh of consciousness to create so they just manipulate you know mm -hmm. they steal they um they invert that's their biggest tactic is they invert everything that's the, really their ultimate agenda um, is to control perception, to manage perception. 
And then the individuals that have the incorrect perception, then they obviously, their behavior is controlled. Mm. So it's perception management and behavior control, but they invert everything about nature, which is deception, right? Mm. The inverse of truth is deception um, because they know how powerful human beings are. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah, and what what better way when you can't create yourself to get the creators to create what it is that you want to create through manipulation and inverting everything? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yep, you nailed it. Yeah, one hundred percent. So that's, and that's kind of a hard part for a lot of people, right? I mean, uh, you talked about doing the the deep shadow work, the subconscious work. That this is where it's at to rid ourselves of these erroneous habits. This is where our habits lie. You know, what we do on a day-to-day basis, the consistent thought patterns that one has, this is where we need to shine the light of awareness onto um, because, you know, a lot of people are just oblivious to their own thought patterns that are rooted in their subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So that work is very important. Um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And something else that you say um, when you're talking popped into my head. I love that you say this because I'm so the same. You're the student and the teacher. Mm. You know, you're both because we're always learning and we're always growing. It's That's how we, well, that's how we avoid being stagnant. That's how we avoid just being, you know, not growing. Um, and I love that you say that because we're all, there's so much out there for us to take in and really learn from, isn't there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Constantly the, the student and the teacher. Um, that's the that's the dynamic, right? I mean, to be an educator or to be a quote unquote teacher, um, and I say this even for leaders, right? I have I have a problem with the word leader. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. context matters, but what does a leader do? A leader leads. Well, that means that implies followers. Mm-hmm. We don't want followers, right? Just as a teacher doesn't really want students. A teacher wants to inspire students to become teachers themselves. Mm. So that's what a good teacher does. A good teacher creates or inspires more teachers. So it's the yin and yang, right? It's it's the polarity, the balance that's always there. And, you know, I'm learning from you every day. We can learn about ourselves. We can learn about the world. And it's a good state of mind to be in. It, definitely balanced um we can see and the scale of teachability right when when you have an imbalance of teachability you're in um at one side you're in you know full skepticism where you don't believe anything Mm. and on the other side you're um full of arrogance where you know everything so as you start to pull into the balance into the middle you, you have high teachability. It's like a bell curve, right? So that high teachability is the student teacher dynamic where you are, you are slightly skepti- skeptical, meaning that you just, you don't immediately subscribe or accept an idea, but you are also willing to change and learn. So that's the balance right there, the, the student teacher dynamic. Um, and it, this is something in my, you know, my conscious parenting presentations, I talk about the student teacher dynamic. It's really important for parents to apply that and understand that, um, especially today in the world. I think, I mean, the, the knowledge that we can learn from young children is vast and the programming and conditioning hasn't hit them yet. Um, 
it's not really in, you know, ensconced and ingrained into their subconscious. So we can see, I mean, young kids, right? They don't, they don't see skin color. They'll play with anyone. Their imagination is fully activated, which the imagination is the highest essence of creativity. Mm -hmm. You have to see it to achieve it. So, you know, so many people, their imagination is just, it's deadened. This is why freedom itself is so scary to people. Oh gosh, like how are we going to organize and come together and create a free society? We need a control, a control structure to tell us what to do to build the roads. It's like, come on, this is lack of imagination. Mm. So the I imagination, this is what is, you know, keeps us connected to the higher force of creation. And little kids have this fully activated. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, mm, they do, don't they? They do. And I love what you said about balance too, because I know, and I'm sure you, you can relate to this too. We, we've swung so far this way. Sometimes we've swung so far that way. And in order to know balance, that helps us to, to come to that place and to be able to stand uh, there. And I like what you said about having that bit of skepticism, uh, but also being, you know, there to be able to do both sides, um, as well. And, the conscious parenting stuff, I think that is absolutely so vital right now um, and, and has been, but just more and more and more because, like you said, the kids, they, they don't have that conditioning yet. And, I mean, they might have bought in some ancestral stuff, who knows, but that is where as a conscious parent and being awake and aware and knowing how to um, answer questions and and you know how to allow them to express themselves and keep using that imagination of theirs that we as adults really it is it is vital like you said as well like I've heard Bob Proctor say it's the best nation in the world your imagination like it <laughs> it really is it's it, everything starts there everything starts there and we need to nurture that and 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 as adults we have response uh, responsibility to uh, keep that alive in our children and and that is something that you do a lot of work around isn't it it is. Yeah. It's, it's a passion of mine. Um, I do, uh, I do think that this is the, the heart of the matter, because if we just, you know, think about it logically, if our current human condition is one of control and slavery, right. And the reason for that is incorrect thought, mm -hmm. right. The people that have the incorrect thoughts and are taking the immoral actions and supporting the immoral actions, they were raised that way. Mm -hmm. So, there's incorrect parenting going on. And especially in the young children, the formative years, because the, you know, from zero to seven, the formatting years really lays the foundation for the, the subconscious and the, the operating system for the human being itself. So with the majority of people um, not being raised correctly, we, and if this continues, then we are, it doesn't really matter the ones that have how, who have awakened and how much action they take if parents are still raising incorrectly their children right um then we're just playing catch up it's just mm. it's we're not going to be able to get to where we want to want to get to i mean this is what raising a child is raising it's not simply providing for like oh okay well my kid had all the toys you know, food, water, shelter, et cetera, the, you know, those, those basics. That's not what raising a kid is all about. It's mm -hmm. about raising their awareness. A child is a fractal of 
ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So it's an, it's an extension that's supposed to expand and go further in awareness than us. This is what evolution does, right? So our children, the, the generation coming up should take, set the bar higher mm-hmm. for the human species in awareness, consciousness, spirituality, um, and just life in general. And we're not seeing that. We're seeing that uh, it's, it's progressively getting unfortunately worse in in my opinion Mm. due to ideologies such as solipsism and relativism a moral relativism so um it's conscious parenting is absolutely where it's at and i talk about the objective principles of conscious parenting and you know this rubs people the wrong way because you know parents don't really like to hear that they should do something or their, you know, their parenting style is incorrect. Um, and the three objective principles are you need to teach your kid objective morality because objective morality is learning right versus wrong. So how to act in the world, which also is natural rights. Mm. If you don't know what your natural rights are, then obviously you can't defend them. Mm. Um, so this is extremely important. So objective morality, natural law, the governing dynamics of the natural world of reality and of oneself and the trivium method, which the trivium method is trivium. The word means the three path, the threefold path. So it's the three ways of truth discovery. This is critical thinking. Mm. The trivium method, which was originally known as the classical liberal arts has been completely removed from the majority of schooling systems, Mm. right? The indoctrination system. uh, And it's, you know, kind of been lost even for homeschoolers, unschoolers, charter schools, you know, this, it's a certain body of information and it, that is grammar, logic, and rhetoric, right? Or knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Mm. So it's, it's learning how to think not what to think. So these three principles, I obviously dive, you know, in very much detail in many of my presentations. These are the three objective, meaning that all parents need to understand these three principles and educate their children on them. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, yeah. It's and I just you saying teaching people how to think, not what correct. to think. That is massive. That is Absolutely. massive because I think everyone in this um, has gone through the system. It was being taught what to think, not how to think. And that in ex- in itself is just massive. That one little uh, gold nugget, you know? Um, and so I guess, yeah, with what you're doing with the conscious parenting, I mean, yeah, like I said before, it's vital. It's vital. And uh, we as adults, whether we have children or not, we have a responsibility to understand this as well because we're interacting with everyone, our community, and we, we all play a role. We all play a part, don't we? Yes, 100%. And our children are the future. Mm. right they Mm. are the future so what's that future gonna what's the context of it are we Mm. gonna have a future that's rooted in higher awareness truth and morality um or is it gonna be you know more of what is going on of deceptions um lies i mean you know there's there's some pretty horrible ideologies, communism, socialism. This is on the rise tenfold. Mm. You know, the younger generations are 
ushering this in mm. so intently like they want this they've you know like like you said they've been told what to think and in these indoctrination systems um you know they're they're propagating these ideologies um you know completely and this is, you know, due to lack of parenting, because this is what government and its institutions represent. They represent the proxy parent. Mm. Right. So they this is why socialism and communism is uh, so prevalent nowadays. They want to be taken care of because mm. the majority of parents have lacked spiritually. Right. I mean, and spiritually is all encompassing. Right. I mean, the physical and spiritual, they're talked about as if they're separate. It's all one domain. Everything is spiritual. Mm -hmm. Depends to what degree. Um, so the, the lack of morality, um, truth and and spirituality in the family dynamic is what sends these kids headfirst into um, the current culture and these institutions. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is why, you know, pre-K, kindergarten, these type of systems were created. There were, it never used to be kindergarten and preschool and daycare, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. It, that didn't exist. They were with their, they're with their family. Mm -hmm. They want their kids, the social engineers want kids as early as possible to start that indoctrination um, and to grab their attention so it's the more time with the children. Our current modern culture, right, is obviously the strong arm and, you know, the mouthpiece of tyranny. They want the minds of children because if they have the minds of children, then their parents don't have their minds. And freedom always starts in the family dynamic, right? The family dynamic for a young child, this is the, their first taste of a structure of, of what the world life and society is all about it's that fundamental structure within the family that's going to set the precedence or lack thereof of how how to operate mm. so freedom absolutely always starts in the family dynamic and then there that's the question right do parents understand what true freedom is do they understand what natural rights are that a right is any action that does not initiate harm mm. and so th this is all encompassing of the the objective principles that parents must understand for us to do the 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 slow crawl out of tyranny and and slavery. Mm. Because it really it, it really does come back to that to the one principle: do not harm. Is this thing that I'm about to do is that going to harm anyone? And 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 harm can be a lot of different things too, can't it? Will like it's it's it can be with what you're saying it can be the actions it can be um uh you know if someone tells you to do something and then you do it you're the person doing it so you are still um cre creating that you're the person taking the action um so Correct. the responsibility does lie with you doesn't it absolutely yeah no that's a great point um i call it the the trinity of sovereignty so there's three principles uh, the first one is the sacred feminine dynamic of non-aggression, meaning every human being owes everyone one thing. They owe them one thing, and that is non-aggression. Do no harm. That's what every human being owes each other, right? Mm -hmm. Non-aggression. 
the non-aggression principle, the sacred feminine. Number two is the sacred masculine, and this is self-defense, meaning if you are aggressed upon, you have the right to defend yourself. So with these two principles, the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine, they come together, they have the child, which is self-ownership. One that understands the first two principles and takes and owns themselves. They take ownership of their responsibility, their thoughts, emotions, and actions. They take accountability for their behaviors and, and what they create, what they say, and what they put out into the world. So that is what sovereignty is. Sovereignty is, is, you know, is the king or queen, sovereign, ruler of one. So you rule yourself. So this is the trinity of sovereignty. And, uh, you know, this is the foundation. Like, you know, how many, how many people, this is a, a good topic for people to kind of ask individuals on the street or just basic topics. Does someone know what the non-aggression principle is? Does someone know what the self-defense principle? And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people do not. Uh, and this is the education that we need to, we need to kind of propagate to the public. Mm. And speaking of education, I mean, you have got like a technical term, shit ton of uh, resources <laughs> <laughs> uh, that people can tap into. What, I mean, what are some of the topics that, that you cover? Is it, I mean, it's all natural law that comes down to that, but um, there's so much people can get from you and when people don't know where to start i think sometimes we go wow there's just so much to take in where do i start you know mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um the main categories that i focus on in my personal work um mm -hmm. is of course natural law morality uh metaphysics which metaphysics is natural law um and conscious parenting and also the tech um, and I'm, I'm going to do a lot more of content and presentations on, on the, the technological age that we are in, because this is vital for people to understand that if we want to get a message out to the public, because this is what we're trying to do, we're trying to get more minds to understand natural law and morality and then align their behavior as we do that then we we can start to turn the tide but how do we get that message out and it's using the technology technology is a tool and it's increasing at a you know a steadfast pace so we need to understand that um, it's not like back in the day where we just go out into the corner and you know the public square and we can convey a message. Mm -hmm. Like you could do that. You you might have ten people, twenty people. Uh, if you plan it, maybe forty or something like that. But that's not effective and efficient. We need to utilize the tech. Um, and this is the realm. This is the battlefield. Because if you think about the social engineers and what. What realm are they using for control and deception and lies? It's the tech. Mm -hmm. It's social media. It's all these platforms. They're using the tech, digital currency, all this kind of stuff. We need to educate ourselves on the technological realm and use it as a tool. Mm. So that's a, a big category that I get into. Um, as far as my personal work on where people can t uh, start, um, I always recommend starting with my my presentation called the state of freedom, what it is and what it is not. Um, that's a really good place where I kind of 
simplify the fundamentals and then people can go from there. Obviously, the first presentation for conscious parenting is is vital for parents to understand. And uh, my video podcast, uh, my partner, John uh, Roland at the time, we created Natural Freedom League and we have 77 episodes, some fantastic guests on there. Um, so people can go through there. There's a lot of good knowledge and resources and, you know, download documents and PDFs and all this kind of stuff. Mm, and I, I love that. And this has been accumulation of 10 years worth of work and, and study and self-reflection and um, self-learning, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. Mm. 10 years um, strong into seeking Mm. And I'm four and a half, actually coming on five years of actually going public. Mm. So being into the the public, creating my own content, um, almost five years now. Can we talk so. a little bit about that? Because I know sure. like as someone too, who is, um, you know, you're putting yourself out there. Was that a bit of a shift and a bit of like, you had to have a bit of courage to do it or were you like, no, nah, I'm ready to rock. I'm doing this. Like, how did that sort of mm. feel for you? Because I know that some people, you know, it's talking out. It, it might not be uh, necessarily having conversations like we are, but even just being able to have the courageous conversations, um, you know, at the family barbecue sure. type thing, you know? A absolutely. Yeah. You know, it was twofold because, um, you know, I was in the music industry for, mm -hmm. you know, a good 10 years where I traveled the world. I'm on stage. Yeah. Um, I did I did hip hop. Um, so I've been in front of hundreds of people and, you know, having that on stage present, but then, um, retiring and, you know, starting to become a father. Um, I had many years where I stopped doing music and I was actually very much anti-technology, mm. um, to an extent, of course, you know, during the, the, those 10 years of seeking or, you know, six years of seeking knowledge, I'm getting my knowledge from Techno technological means, right? The, the majority of us that have kind of woken up to, awakened up to what is going on has watched YouTube videos, BitChute. So we've used the tech to increase our awareness. That's where we get our information. But I was, I didn't have a TV. Um, I wanted to homestead up in the mountains and the woods. And I was pretty much just like F society. <laughs> I just want my books, get all my hundreds of books with me. And so I was in this kind of, um, this uh, this anti-technology state. Mm. It wasn't until um, you know Mark Passio was really going hard, um, you know, in a certain time of his life where he was really fed up of the lack of action, mm. and he was just bringing the fire. And I really started to do some really deep soul searching, and you know, the moral obligation to speak out just weighed heavy on me for a couple years. Right. I feel like I kind of started late to when I should have started. Mm -hmm. um, so then finally, um, I just said, all right, I got to get in this. So um, brought my music equipment back out from storage, uh, got my microphone, dusted it off and started with an audio podcast. Mm -hmm. So I think this is something that, you know, people can consider is that starting is the hardest part, breaking that inertia. Mm -hmm. Right. If inertia is just being completely still and stagnant, breaking that inertia and creating momentum 
and even small momentum. So for me, that was an audio podcast. I wasn't ready to be on camera yet. Um, so I started an audio podcast and did, uh, I think I did like eight or nine episodes and then quickly moved into video mm. podcasts where I was having discussions from, with people from Facebook and all over, you know, like-minded individuals and then creating a video podcast and then slowly learn, learning as you go. Mm. Um, having a, uh, taking the first year of the, how to become the true media course uh, mm -hmm. from Mark Passio obviously had a huge impact on me on educating myself and getting back up to par on modern tech and utilizing publishing skills that kind of, you know, springboard myself uh, into, you know, a different realm. Mm -hmm. um, so you just, you start small and build up. That's, yeah. that's how, that's my advice for people. Absolutely. And I mean, you, cause you don't go from here to there anyway <laughs> you just with anything you know um it's exactly. just it's one step at a time and that's i think it's great that you say that because and that's how you slowly build your confidence as well and that's how you learn and yeah sure you'll probably fall on your face but then you just get back up again like how does a child learn to walk they fall on their face they get back up again you know we as adults yep. we get to do that too so doesn't stop just because we've grown a bit taller <laughs> yep exactly yeah. Yeah. And you got to kind of have, you got to have thick skin and mm -hmm. I'm a very, um, silly person. Like yeah. I, I like to be silly and fun and, mm -hmm. and I, I do not care what people think if someone, you know, if I get some, some negative comments or whatever, I love criticism. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I don't take it personal. Yeah. Um, so you got to kind of have this, um, this F off. Uh, mentality of just like, I'm just going to do it. Like nothing to lose. Just get out there, start at a certain spot and evolve as you go. Cause like you said, you know, how do we learn how to drive a car? We get behind a wheel and okay. we start slow. I mean, this is how we learn anything. We have to be internally motivated. Mm -hmm. And this is where true learning comes from the internal motivation. So educating ourselves and starting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh uh, yeah, no. Oh my gosh, I could talk to you all day. Uh, is there something on your heart right now that um, that you really want to share that maybe we haven't covered or want to reiterate or anything like that? Hmm, such a great, great conversation. Um, trying to think. Uh, I've been, I've been been revisiting. Here's kind of a theme that I've. A state that I'm in. I mm -hmm. just had the water presentation. So I'm doing yes. an extended version of that um, on December 12th to the public. So that's going to be fun. But, you know, in the very beginning of my, uh, my journey to higher awareness, it started with water. Mm. Um, so I'm starting to revisit these older topics that, that I, you know, kind of came across 10 years ago. And that's been really fun and interesting to have you know, a fresh pair of eyes and from a, at a different level of awareness, revisiting certain topics. Mm. So that's kind of the state that I've been in. And I think that's good advice for people is to um, take notes and revisit those notes. I mean, I have, and I'm like old school pen and pad um, oh, yeah. when I'm working or I'm driving, I'm writing down notes. I just have binders full of notes, which I wish I did it like on the computer where I had them better organized but revisiting topics that you have in the past and then 
looking at that and analyzing that because a lot of people still they hold on to uh, bits of information that they've learned and they think it's um they think it's self-evident mm. right so revisiting topics and going oh wow i can't believe i subscribed to that back then that is incorrect mm. and see what you have taken with you throughout the years um so it's kind of like uh it's just a synthesis it's a distillation of awareness is what i like to call it and that's kind of the mode I've been in uh, and making some new presentations. So, yeah, that is so cool. And I, I was privy to that awesome water presentation that you've done. So I'm so excited that you're going to do um, and expand on that as well. Like, I mean, there's so much we could um, go into with the water, isn't there? And um, well, yeah. I love what you said as well, too, like going back and looking at stuff I mean sometimes I think of it like a, a montage sometimes I look at myself back in my life and I go oh my gosh uh, but you know like it's also seeing how your level of awareness and consciousness has shifted and yes. it to me that is just beautiful it's like wow like um, I talk about it a lot with um, different people it's just every time we come back to something it's sort of that spiral it's like we have this new level of awareness and perception and we can we're like, wow, I get that on a deeper level now. I get, mm -hmm. I understand that on such a deeper level now too. And, it, and things that you, like you might've missed as well altogether. You're like, oh, wow, is that what that meant? And that kind of stuff I think is just so powerful. And that's how we're forever learning. That's how we're forever growing. Um, so that's what, yeah, that's yeah, what it I, is. This, this is what the, the spiritual path is all about. It's a spiral yes so the visual it's uh, it's like a spiral staircase and what's mm -hmm. interesting if you've ever anyone's ever been on a spiral staircase is that you can look over the staircase and look down and see the the spirals that you have ascended up already right mm -hmm. so that's kind of what like what we were talking about it's looking back and having that self-reflection of where you were and where you're at now in the present moment and it, it's got profound effects absolutely mm -hmm. even creating content looking at my older stuff when i first started it's like oh that's cute yeah. um <laughs> you know it's kind of looking back on it and you laugh at it and stuff mm -hmm. like that but um you know practice is is where it's at and i applore people to get on the battlefield and start putting that time and attention to create action and um um to to integrate and and converse into the the voice of truth and freedom and morality we need to amplify this message as much as possible so we need numbers mm, yeah yeah we do and you know what else i think you know as you're talking about the spiral um it when we do this work we also allow for compassion we allow for wisdom. We allow to be humbled because, and we, we can really tap into where other people are at so much more. Um, and because we've been, we've walked through that path as well, and we're still walking it, obviously. Uh, but I, I feel like when we, when we do this, um, I don't know. I think that just brings our heart can expand so much more. Would you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have to have compassion, and. Um, a certain level of acceptance and i do not mean i'll clarify that by saying yeah. not accepting the tyranny 
and the immorality of the world today and by other people, but understanding the acceptance that some people are not ready or they're not going to hear you, um, mainly your family. I mean, this is a common thing. Usually the last people that we can influence is our family members because they have a preconceived notion of who you are and they they just tune you out. So um, when as if your awareness has increased in any given topic and you try to convey this to them, you know, a lot of times they just kind of block you out or, you know, they they brush you off. So it's understanding that. Uh, especially in the area of content creating and getting this message out. It's focus on your work and the energy that you put out, that vibration, your creative essence, that vibration is going to resonate with, with people. And the magnetism of that, that radiance will attract them to you. So it's not, it's not about oh, I need to get this person to understand what I'm saying, or I'm trying to get these people to understand what I'm saying. It's, it's focus on your craft and your message and your work, and they will come to you. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Mm, I love that you said that. That's so true in, in everything. I love that because when you, yeah. And that is also coming back to being who you are, being true to yourself, mm. and you will attract the people who are meant to be in your life and that resonate with what you have to say. And, and that is how we do it. That is how we do it. Isn't it? Exactly. We're creating the ripple effect, right? Oh, yeah. Rock the ripple. That wow. this, this is what it's about. We need to throw, we are the rocks that we throw into the ether, creating the ripple of vibration. That's mm -hmm. going to spark the minds and hearts of other people um, to take action within themselves. That's mm -hmm. what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. That's awesome. Well, I could talk your face off and I would love to, but you know, you might need a pee or, you know, have some food, who knows? Um, so for people now, where can they best find you? How can they tune into you and just get more of Will Keller? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, willkeller.com. Um, it's a good website. I got all my social media links up there. Um, send me questions, emails. Um, I try to respond to everyone. Um, I'm willing to help out, give recommendations, give insights. Uh, my presentations are on there. Um, so that is definitely the hub, willkeller.com. Yeah, that is awesome. Will, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I want to say thank you as well for you at home listening. If you're at home, you might be walking at the beach, who knows, wherever you are. Thank you so much for tuning in. So appreciate you being here as well. Uh, but Will, just uh, thanks again for being here. Oh, and by the way, I've got to do this. If you haven't subscribed or um, liked or left a review, do that as well. Always forget to do that. So do that too. But Will, thank you so much. Oh, the puppy's there. Awesome. Uh, for people who are listening to this and can't see the uh, video, there is a puppy on. Who is this again? The, on the this screen? is Pocket. He's usually always on my lap when I'm doing either a presentation or an interview. He's a, a Chihuahua, so he's a Chihuahua Dotson. Oh, and cool. uh, yeah, he's, he's my, my other little sidekick. Has he been there the whole time? <laughs> he hopped down just a few minutes ago and he came back up. <laughs> oh, he wants see he knew it was like the end. He wanted to say goodbye. Oh, pocket. Yep, exactly. Pocket, you're awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is awesome. That is awesome. Will Pocket, thank you so, so much for being on the Rock the Ripple podcast. I'm so grateful for your time and your knowledge and everything that you do and share with the world. So thanks again for being here. It's a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>